Podcast One. Boost sales, smash customer churn, increase engagement. Sounds like marketing wank to me. But what if you actually could do all those things? You'd be up for it, right? It's a rather engaging episode 496 of the award-winning Small Business Big Marketing Podcast. Well, I say welcome to the Small Business Marketing Show, where successful small business owners share their souls. To take your marketing straight to the lead, now here's your host, Mr. Tim Reed. Welcome back to your weekly dose of marketing cheekiness. I'm your host, Tim Reed. You, infinitely more importantly... You're a motivated business owner ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it deserves to be. That's exactly why this podcast exists. But if that's not enough, you can grab a copy of my popular marketing book, The Boomerang Effect, that I wrote with you in mind over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. Big episode today. Bonjoro founder Matt Barnett takes us behind the scenes of his amazing customer engagement app. I love it. This week's Monster Prize Draw winner in the last three years has seen growth of at least 20% in an industry averaging negative 0.5%. And he tells us how he's done it. Plus, I'll let you in on next week's guest who's created a system for standing out in any marketplace. And it involves blocks. Hmm scratches his head. As per usual team, there is marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. Now, as a business owner or marketer, I'm guessing you love the idea of surprising and delighting your customers, right? I thought so. Doing little things that don't cost you a fortune, but have those precious customers of yours sitting up paying attention and going, wow, how good are these guys? In that case, you're going to love what Matt Barnett, the founder and self-titled Papa Bear at Bonjoro has to share. Put simply, Bonjoro is an app you can use on your phone or your laptop that enables you to send short personalized videos to an email or phone number. And it includes awesome analytics, so you can see when the recipient has opened it, watched it, shared it. You can even create sales funnels, integrating it with your favorite email system, your favorite CRM software. And basically, Bonjoro is like an awesome marketing tool that has pride of place, actually, in the ultimate marketing resources list that I've created for you. I love it so much. Now, I've broken this chat up into two halves. Part one, Matt shares how the business came to be. And in part two, Matt kindly shares three high converting video sales funnels that you can create for like pretty much immediate results. By the way, you can give Bonjoro a free test run at getbonjoro, that's G-E-T-B-O-N-J-O-R-O.com. And if you buy it, Matt's given me an awesome playbook containing 30 tried and tested ways of using this amazing marketing tool. All you got to do is email me. Uh, actually, you can email Sophia, my assistant, sophia at timreed.com.au, proof of purchase, and we will send that to you. I started off by asking Bonjoro's Papa Bear how a spur-of-the-moment surfing trip sparked the idea. Okay, so it's not like it was um, A A to B in one day, but I I used to surf a lot in the UK. One of the the five people that did. 
And <laughs> I think I think after a session off off the islands of Scotland, hiding under my board in the hail one February, I thought enough and got a one way ticket to Australia. When I was twenty six. Moved here. Originally, I'm an uh, an industrial designer, an artist. So I, I I expected I would follow in those in those fields, but somehow fell into a tech startup. Uh, met another founder. Um, I mean, a lot of the processes of designing products offline or online are the same. Came in that product we first launched ultimately failed, but while doing it, we came up with a little sales hack. Whereby we had this, we had basically a tech, a tech kind of driven agency. All our clients were, for some reason, in back in London and New York and Paris. And so we used to send video messages to every lead that we had that came into our funnel. And the reason was we were asleep when our leads came in, and we weren't great at converting them. So I used to take a a ferry to work in Sydney, and I would record myself uh, going past the Opera House, and I'd see that John. Archer from Ogilvy in London signed up. I'd say, hey, John, this is Matt here. Uh, I saw you sign up and testing out uh, what it is we're doing. As you can see, I'm based in Australia, but I will be in London in six weeks' time. Would love to come in and pitch you. I'll be on this phone with the wind blowing in my hair. You probably couldn't understand most of what I said. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had quite a lot of energy because it was early in the morning. I was in Australia. And this... You're, you're excited. A, I was excited. This is the first, the first thing they ever heard from my company was me on this boat blabbing away. And like literally overnight, the response rate we got tripled and the kind of responses we got were generally along the lines of, didn't really understand what you said, but it's hilarious. Definitely come in and see us when you're in London. And they just <laughs> loved it. It wasn't the message I was giving them. They just loved the fact I'd taken and stopped and done this. And they were a creative agency. So, you know, you think it would work with them. And we really grew business off this. And... As that business kind of started to, to kind of wind up, wind up, the same point, one of those clients asked if they could use this video messaging tool and we let them use it. And we explained mm-hmm. that we just built it in, in the pub and we let them use it. And then one of their clients came came to them and said, hey, what's this video thing? Can we use it? And they put go in touch with us. And so we, we, we let them on board. And then next week, I think 10 people wanted it and it just snowballed from wow. there as a happy accident. It must be a great feeling when you can look, you know, a business partner or someone in the eye and, and say, I think we're onto something here. Yeah. And for the, for the team as well, I think when you suddenly come in and you start to see these signups rocket in, when it's something that you've been trying to do for years and then just something small tips it, uh, like it's exciting. It's like a runaway train. What, what was the little small thing, Matt, that did tip it? I mean, you're going, you know, you're saying, you know, one one week and you've got 10 customers the next week, but was there a kind of, was there a true tipping point where Bonjoro literally, you know, took off beyond belief? Yeah, so it went it went pretty, pretty quickly. Um, I think so we tried to work out kind of where it was. We got picked up by, I think, Basecamp, who's, who's a tech company in the States. Yeah. Some somehow received a message from somebody in the UK who was trying this. I don't know how we can't figure it out, but I think they used it, and then they were like, "This is great." They started using it, and then because they're such a well-known brand, lots of people they sent it to would then sign up, and so we had ConvertKit come on board. I think we had Mozilla, like Firefox, come on board, and suddenly these tech companies started to use it. 
in the very early days and it was a very basic product and that was the seed of of what the company is now um, and they by using it got it out to a lot of other influential people who picked up and ran with it so it had this true viral element but it, it just so happened by chance that it got seeded in a bunch of companies um, who are growing in the tech space in the states you know it's um it almost it was almost out of your control i mean you it's not as if you'd written a strategy to go let's get it into the hands of some of these big brands and hopefully they like it and then spread the word i mean it happened organically uh but there is absolutely don't you think something to be said for a small business chasing after big business yeah it's, exactly and and people like the fact that we were obviously quite scrappy and new <laughs> we were doing this thing and we launched, you know, we launched with a brand. It's, it's the one thing you're like, well, we are, we are really good at. And they liked the attitude that we had and we talked to all these early customers. And so, yeah, and maybe we'll kind of circle around to this. We, you know, we would send videos to every, every new customer. So we, we would send one to Basecamp and we'd send one to Firefox and they, and they loved it and they loved us as, as the initial people had done. And that only helped us that attitude of, you know, building relationships as quickly as we could with as many people as we could. I know there is, there's a lot of business owners listening to this, Matt, who are probably caught up in perfection. You know, um, we hear a lot about this concept of the minimum viable product, which is just get it to market and let the market cut feedback to you and then keep, keep sharpening your offer. It's a scary thing, but clearly this is exactly what you did, whether you knew it or not. You, you'd, you'd gone to market with something that was pretty rough and ready, I'm guessing. I mean, what Bonjoro looked like back then, it probably didn't even have a brand uh, to what it is now. Now, vastly different. What do you say to those listeners, those business owners who are waiting for everything to be perfect? Uh, well, there's no such thing as perfect. We're, we're three years in. We're, we're a long way from perfect um, <laughs> on many, many levels. Um, look, I mean, and this is like as a creative at heart, like it's something you have to learn if you ever want to go into business because as creatives, we are the worst at this. By far, yeah. like yeah, the piece of artwork, yeah, the project has to be perfect, and then you realise that the 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 top you know ten percent perfection is taking as much time as the other ninety percent, and the only person who realises is you. And yeah. the, the worst part is, is that you get it out, and then you realise you made a fundamental mistake in how you thought people would use something, and so you invested twice as long to find out the mistake that you would have found with with half the investment. I mean, which is a better strategy? Well, absolutely. And I, did, I had the opposite experience last night. I went to art class last night. I, I paint once a week and I'm loving yeah. it. Uh, it's actually a new thing that I'm doing just to, to exercise that creative part of my brain. And, um, you know, I got to the end of this painting and I just didn't know when to stop. You know, <laughs> this painting would have gone, hey, Tim, it's pretty good. You know, stop. And I'm like, oh, no, no, just a little flick of the brush there or just a little, you know, just a little scrape there. It can do your head in. And you're the only one whose head it's doing in. No, nobody else cares. Matt, who, who um, out of interest then, has who is using your product in either a way or from an industry or a niche that you just never expected? So given the fact that we were selling to agencies and that's kind of my space and that I understand, <laughs> I'd say that 99% of that, customers are unexpected um yeah. i mean one example i'll give is there's a chap called pat flynn who in the states Listen. is a you know huge influencer in the sb market mm -hmm. this is not a market that we understood and he signed up 
and we treat them like every other customer, which is which is good. So we set them videos, we engage with them, and then you know thought nothing else of it. And then months later, he gets up on stage at some event in the states called Traction, and suddenly we have like hundreds of signups just start pouring in, and we're watching it live. And I was like, what what is going on here? And some and obviously we start talking to these people and they're like, oh, this guy Pat Flynn is on stage talking about how he uses you. And we're like, who's who's Pat Flynn? We start kind of looking into the use base, we find this guy, and then everyone's like, Do you do us how big a deal he is? Oh yeah, our response was we have no idea. And now I look back in hindsight and I'm like, he is a huge deal. Like he's a massive he's deal. Yeah, yeah. Smart yeah. passive well, Tell me, um, so just to call you on that. Uh, why didn't you know about him? I mean, this is a guy. I mean, clearly now it's it's obvious. Um, he is a guy who has massive influence in in the small business space in America. Um, wh- why hadn't you done the work? Because I I sort of asked this on behalf. I think there's many companies out there who are all rattling on about it. we want to get in front of you know SMEs, but for some reason they don't roll up the sleeves and do the hard work and identify the Pat Flynn's of the world. What what did you missed? So I think at the time, so we're we're a bunch of tech heads. So you know all the products built here in Australia, and so yeah, the, the people that we know run tech companies. So we know tech, and as a result of our, of our previous business, you know we know the Ogilvies and the creative agencies, mostly in Europe uh, and the, uh, yeah, kind of New York. So that was our space and our knowledge base, and then you know a huge swathe of, of, of Bonjour's customers now are in this SME space, but it's a space we've had to learn because we were an SME. Like forget the fact we were in tech. You know, the reason we did this in the first place was because we were an SME trying to get, trying to convert more leads. So we were that company, but we didn't think of ourselves as an SME. We thought ourselves as a tech company, but really it's, it's the, it's the same thing. You know, it's size. Totally. You, you so, are an SME in, in the tech space. Exactly. Like, and honestly, you get blindsided to your industry and to your use case. And you know, the danger there is that you, know, you might build something that is amazing for gyms, but all you understand is consultancy and corporate. And you might never understand, you might never discover the fact that your product is perfect in another niche. And it's like, like it's kind of scary because you just think, how do you find this out? How do you find it out quickly? And we were lucky, like the caveat here is that because we were being sent out to our customers' customers. So the messages go out, people say, what is this? In they come. We very quickly probably got representation across a, a, a very, very, very broad, um, I guess, group of group of types of customers. So we had gyms and we had churches and we had SaaS companies and we had SMEs and we had corporates. And very quickly from who was coming in and who was staying with us, we were a- a- able to analyze those customers and work out where our space was, which wasn't what we expected. It's an awesome question to ask. And I remember a, a, a fellow, a past guest of many years ago, Phil McKenney, who uh, Vice President of Innovation at Hewlett-Packard, created a deck of cards called Killer Innovations, which involve killer questions and a killer question, which forces you to look at something in an, from an angle that you would never have considered was um, who is using your product or service in a way that you never intended. And when you mm. find that out, you know, it, it then opens up verticals that you can then go and market to. So it's a, I think it's an awesome question and can only lead to, you know, surprisingly good outcomes. I love that. Um, Matt, you got uh, Bonjoro to a point where you've now got, you're starting to develop a solid foundation of clients. Tell us about the branding, the naming of Bonjoro. 
Um, it sort of seems self-explanatory given it's a video medium where you're saying hello to people in a very simplistic way. It's a very simplistic description of how you use it. We're going to talk about a number of ways to use it later on. But um, what's with the French kind of thing and what's with the bear branding? You use a, a, a some kind of big brown bear as your brand. Yeah, so so, uh, so as you said, like you're kind of hitting nail on the head. When you look for brands, we wanted connotations to kind of hello, welcome, good morning, thank you, because um, that's a core part of, of what the product is. Like at the end of the day, it's not so much a video platform as a communications platform, and it's used normally with new customers. So hello, buongiorno, buongiorno. You know, the third part to this, which which, which everyone will hit nowadays, is was the dot com available? Uh, so obviously <laughs> it was. We tried many other things. So you find, yeah, I, I think with brands, I think creating new words is an extremely strong way to start a brand because then you get to build what that word means. Whereas if you use a word that already exists, yes, you're um, anchored to that. So if you start a brand that has connotations to other words, but you then build something behind it, it can be extremely powerful. In terms of the brand and the bear, I think we decided characterization was a very open, friendly way to do this. We were probably instinctively at the time trying to break down the barriers of B2B communications because most of our customers are B2B. Um, and by almost going to one extreme and, and, and pushing the characterization and pushing the kind of levity of, of the product and the brand, what we found is that we were made, able to bring you know, finance and mortgage customers a little way along that journey so that they would send videos to clients when they're having a coffee or you know, when they're at home with their kids. So you start to break down the boundaries. And we, and we go to one extreme to try and bring our customers along that journey with us some part of the way. Got it. And the fact that you wear bare uh, onesies around the office, eh, it's questionable, but quite fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's, part of, it's part of hiring. Everyone who joins the company gets to design their own bare onesie. So we, so we literally put team in the brand, which, you know, it's, it's great. Uh, are they required to wear that onesie on sort of casual clothes Friday or? Uh, like, for whenever, we do, whenever we do team calls with the whole team, somebody's always wearing it because it's somewhere in the world it's winter. I love it. You're pretty big on building uh, culture, Matt. Uh, you've got, you've got a, a team of 15 across five continents um what is why is culture important and and how do you describe the bonjour culture <laughs> but culture obviously you know like all, all the things about employee retention etc I, I won't mention but there's two things that i'll talk to one here is work is if you want a business so much of your life you know, have like 60, 70 hours a week um if you're not enjoying that is that if that's not fulfilling you then you go and do something else, honestly, because it's it it is your life. And building a culture that you love and the people that you love and something that's fun to do as well as rewarding makes like it, it just creates a lot more fulfillment for you and for everyone on the team. Um the other part is look, culture and brand are very closely linked together. So, you know, we build we build a culture that's around levity, it's around having fun. It is serious, it is data driven, you know, again we're a tech company at heart even though you know we are still an sme um that crosses over into how you deal with customers and how people perceive you so the brand is not just the logo the culture and your people are really important so our culture comes through in, in how any of my team talk to customers you know if one of my if my cto talks to a customer 
it all comes through and it's a very positive experience for our customers. And it's you know, like, I think our, our MPS is 74. I think like it's incredibly high because of this focus on culture, which, which um, comes down to customers at all points of contact. Yeah, and it shone through. I mean, uh, Casey from your Sydney office reached out to me as someone uh, suggesting I should interview you. And just the way he spoke in the email, I thought it was really lovely, very friendly, very human, and and, and a lot of fun. And um, it's famous American speaker. I think it might have been Tom Peters, one of those sales guys. He said, "Culture eats strategy for breakfast," and and I see this more and more in some of the in some of the uh, business owners that I interview, where they're just building great cultures, and as a result, attracting and retaining, importantly, really really good people. Yeah, and it's like it, you have to work at it. The only thing I'll say is that you know we do culture. Think of it from day one, and don't drop the ball. Because it's quite easy to get into today's day business and forget about it, but you have to work actively at it to get it to work well. What what is um? Let's talk. Let's talk marketing of Bonjoro, Matt. What are you, what are your most effective marketing channels to I guess get trial as a first step? Yeah, so we we have three channels. We've experimented with probably about thirteen to date. Um, three have worked well for us. One of those is product based, so we do have a viral element to the product. So this is more of a product piece. So obviously messages get sent out, people send the messages, they come in, and then we do our best to, to convert those over. They're our best conversing source. Our second best uh, traffic source is um, what I would call influencers. So what I mean here is we don't go and pay people to talk about us. We never have done. I, I don't know if we ever will, will do. But I think because our ethos and what we're doing with the product is very much about spending more time and customers doing the right thing. And we have a great product. I think that backs that up. We have a lot of people who end up talking about us and inviting us to go and talk on shows or talk on stage. Um, and we tend to talk more about like a lot, a lot about culture and a lot about, you know, um, automating processes, but not relationships. And obviously the product comes off the back of this and that brings in a lot of traffic, people who want to learn how to do this better into the product. Um, mm-hmm. And then the third part is we're starting to do a lot more on, I guess, long-form content. So we've done a few pieces where we've done big white papers where we use our user base to go and educate the rest of our user base. So we'll talk to Pat Flynn and get lessons off him. And we've probably, we've done one recently called the Video Fellow Playbook where we've gone and got like the 30 most successful ways of using video to grow a business off our, our customer base and then gone and taken that out to to the, the market has been received extremely well. The, these things are, are, are big pieces. You know, we don't do more than one a quarter. Um, they take a lot of time and effort, but we found they've explain an example of long form content. So, is that something that you create? Uh, it's obviously an ebook or a PDF, or is it, or is it a long post on LinkedIn, for example? No, so it tends to be ebooks. Um, mm-hmm. We're taking that a step further now. So, with our latest one, we have it hosted online, but now we're actually pulling it into a complete online piece so that you'll be able to navigate the whole playbook, if you like, online, and then you'll be able to go and use like actionable insights from it by clicking on buttons and they'll get put into in, into the product for you to go and use straight away. So we, we kind of we said, look, ebooks, ebooks are starting place, but actually building this into a, navig- a navigatable thing on our own website. Um, a few companies do this really well, and it, seem, it seems to be the next place to go. That's awesome. Um, okay, so uh, three channels. I like the fact that you've experimented with 13 channels and kind of honed it down to three. 
again, you know, I see too many business owners who get frustrated with marketing and therefore they almost give up and say, well, marketing's a waste of time or it's too confusing or whatever it is. Um, but it's just that they haven't quite yet nailed the channel that is going to give them the highest return. Uh, so I, I love the fact that you, you, you keep trying. Uh, you're listening to the Small Business Big Marketing Show and we're chatting with Bonjoro founder Matt Barnett, who also likes to call himself Papa Bear. <laughs> Are you in the onesie right now, Matt, just out of interest? Uh, I'm not because I'm in Australia. <laughs> it's too warm. Summer. Um, I, by the way, I love the fact that you, we were talking before we hit record, the fact that this is around the 60th interview you've done on a podcast, which again, I'm biased here, but as a strategy to build a business that's not going to cost you any money, just time, I think it's awesome. And, and to have someone like Casey chasing those interviews for you, powerful stuff. Yeah, it, it, it works really well. And, you, you know, it, it, like anything, honestly, like practice. Practice makes perfect. I'm not yeah. perfect <laughs> by a long way, but yeah, you, you start to find out where it is that you have the knowledge that, that, that is valuable to listeners, which is what this is all about. And so you start to hone down. Um, but like anything, like any marketing strategy, if you do it once or twice, that's not a strategy. That's just a test. Mm. You know, go and do it 50, 40 times. See if it works. Yeah, totally agree. Let's talk about the app. I want to talk. We've had we've had a quite a few video discussions uh, on this show, Matt, from how to you know how to appear in front of camera to various ways of using video. But specifically, um, you got you download Bonjoro onto your smartphone. What next? So there's a there's a desktop um, part to it as well. Yes, uh, which is very important because this is where we do the setup. So just that taking a step back, the way Bonjoro works is it plugs into CRMs and software that you're already using. So if you use an Infusionsoft or ActiveCampaign or Salesforce, you name it, we plug into that. And then what we do off the back of that is at certain points on a customer's journey, uh, we will send you a notification in Bonjoro and say, hey, Christy from um, red, red box guides have just signed up from San Francisco. She's done X, Y, and Z, but she needs some help here. This is a perfect time to send Christy a personalized video, uh, to explain to her next steps to take and see if she needs help. So we'll pop it up. We'll give you the information about Christy, who she is, where she is, what she does. You hit record on the app, or we have a desktop recorder. You do the video. Normally takes 45 seconds. You finish it. The platform then delivers that to Christy um, along with links included to let her take the next steps in the funnel. It tracks all the information behind that. But for you, it's a 45-second piece and then you're back to work. And, and that's what I love about it. It all lives within the Bonjoro environment. So you're not creating a video in one app or you know somewhere else and then dragging off your desktop into an email or a text. It all lives within there. And what's particularly interesting is your back-end analytics where you can see, you know, has she, has she opened it? To what point did she watch it? How many times has she watched it? Has she shared it? All that kind of stuff, right? So you can, you've got some some numbers to work with. Yeah, exactly. And you'll see us over time. We're going to build this out more. So we're starting to look at how we do goals right now. So, so can you track what these messages are doing in terms of conversion and stuff down the line, or in terms of driving testimonials, etc.? Because mm -hmm. again, being a tech company, everything we do is data based. Um, if you're doing videos, doing communication. Like you should, you should improve it based on the data. Totally. Yeah. Yep. You're big on high converting video funnels. As you said, you've got this um, 
37-page PDF, um, which I will give to anyone who buys Bonjoro from getbonjoro.com. But Matt, um, I'd like to go through, you've got sort of three verticals of funnels, conversion, activation, and growth funnels. Can you give us an example of how you can effectively use Bonjoro uh, in each of those types of funnels? Let's start with conversion. Yeah, so so conversion, generally speaking, is getting uh, more leads, um, and trials to become more customers. So it's generally a second point in the um, in the sales funnel. Mm-hmm. So examples where we used here, um, I think probably is, uh, look at look at tech is a really good example. So you're having a lot of trials sign up, a lot of a lot of inbound leads that are coming in. Companies then so generally customer success or or inbound sales teams are then sending messages to those clients by video and saying, "Hey Julie, saw you signed up." I saw that you've done steps one and two, but haven't done steps three, four, and five. Would you like some help here? And do you have any other questions with the products at this point? Here is a link to go and do step three. And what you're doing there is you're trying to engage with that client. You're trying to potentially start a discussion, but you're trying to drive them to take the next step on the funnel that you know is going to get them to early success and get them to convert to a paying customer. So for for instance, Entreport as a CRM, they drive demos. So their call to action is... Let's get you on a demo call. You know, advocately we'll push setup calls, convert kits, or just the CS team checking in and saying, "Do you need help with a certain point?" Mm-hmm. Love to see the face of the person who receives these videos. Like, yeah, I just <laughs> someone from that company has literally sent me a video mentioning me by name and I, I, suggesting. I was gonna say, I, actually, probably the best case that's ever, and it's a weird one, but I think it's quite a cool one is. We, we've been picked up by universities, which are businesses, like absolutely. Yeah. Um, and we have quite a few bigger universities in the UK that use this for uh, when students haven't gotten to their first university. In, in the UK, it's, 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 it's a huge kind of sales marketplace and they all pitch in and try and grab the universities to come to their university instead. Uh, and yeah. We have one, one stat where they, like one university sent out, I think six, 700 videos I think ninety-one percent of students that watch the video then accept the place within two days, and they said that and they told us they they generated about five million pounds of business off the back of this. Wow. That's awesome! So simple, so so simple, and so cheap. But before we talk about uh, an, an example of an activation funnel, Matt, what is it? Um, a video is scary, right? And we've touched on this before, and I've given listeners tips on how to overcome this. But what's your view on, you know, I would have thought one of the greatest blockages to people using Bonjuro is the fact that they have to look down the barrel of a camera. What do you say to that? It is obviously something that we need to learn. It is a learned process. Um, I, the reason we, so we obviously picked up in funnels in business, and we're generally picked up by customer success and sales-focused people because they are, less shy and what's more that they need to get things done they need to get leads to convert um honestly the way to get around this is with just getting on with it and doing a lot of practice bonjour by its nature because we're saying one-to-one videos here you will find that you will very quickly have sent 50 videos it's not one or two <laughs> when you do this and that's every lead that's coming in like you you're not you don't have time to prepare and look nice you're literally trying to help somebody here and you realize very quickly with the responses that you get that no one cares what you look like. People like the stuff that works the best is the, the ones where people are walking down the street or they're in a coffee shop. Yes. And it, honestly, it's, it's not even video. It's just communication. It's no different to having a, a coffee with somebody. 
You yeah. Know, like, it, like you're not I, afraid I, of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Be yourself. Uh, stop waiting for the, you know, the, the right hair day. Don't worry, you know, fellas, if you've got a bit of lippy on your front teeth, you know, like just, <laughs> it is. And, and I think the mindset, Matt, is one of it's not about you, it's about them. You are there to help them. So, you know, get over yourself if I was to be harsh. Exactly. Yeah. Um, activation funnel, Matt, give us an example of that. So activation, broadly speaking, is when somebody has come in as next step on your funnel. Normally, this is this is post payment, so you have your you know you have your paid customer. Um, what you find, and this is not to every industry, but there is a period when they've come into the company and they need to take some steps or properly understand the product or properly understand your offering um, before they will stay with you for the next five years. So. A bit of a different example here is online courses. So people out there who are selling online courses, there's a, there's a big challenge here where lots of people will sign up and buy the first online course and then they'll spend, you know, like, the, like with, within days they're gone and then and they never come in and complete that. Gyms are similar. Gyms, you start to pay for the gym, you never end up going that much. So there's an area here. It's normally about a six-week to three-month window when you have an opportunity to really make sure that customer is engaged with the service, with the platform, with the offering, with your team. And if you can get into that and you get into success, then they'll stay with you forever. So going back to the course example, uh, we have a chap in Australia called Jax Hopkins, does online piano um, lessons. And what he does is when someone's paid for their first course, he leaves a couple of days. If they don't then start engaging with that course and taking the lessons, and he can see this because he tracks it, he then drops a message in personally and says, hey, I'm the owner. Do you need help? I noticed you hadn't quite got started yet. Would you like me to, you know, to give you a push or to have a quick call with you? Mm-hmm. By doing that, he has dropped his refund rate in half because obviously if people get engaged and they respond to him, they're like, actually, I am, I am having problems. Or, hey, yeah, like, I'll get around to it. Thanks for giving me a nudge. By getting people to engage with it, it means that you know most people now are staying on board and going on to future courses rather than asking for refunds because four weeks later they haven't done any- anything. Matt, a lot of the examples you give are from for online businesses, and I can see how wonderfully effective it can be. But just as effective for the plumber, the chiropractor, the audio studio owner. Yeah. So uh, so so take gyms and and chiropractors. We actually have a lot of chiropractors using the system. Um, they use it to make sure people turn up for their first appointment. So again, yeah, someone, someone's, someone's booked in, some people don't turn up. So they send one the day before saying, here's a reminder, I'm, I'm John, I'll be working on you, look at me, I'm, I'm lovely and friendly, you know, come, make sure you come in tomorrow. And people are like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's, yeah. that's activation, you know. And then and then and then it's up to John to deliver excellence of service. But you know, it makes sure they come. Yeah, love it. Uh, an example of a growth funnel, Matt. So growth is at the other end of the customer journey. So this really is is how do you get customers? How how do you upsell customers? How do you get them to refer you new business? How do you get them to leave you reviews? Um. I was going to mention uh, an e-commerce example. Mm-hmm. I know this is online again. Uh, I'll mention one, one online, one, one offline. It, if you could. Yeah, so e-commerce um, reviews, online reviews are everything. 
Yeah. And this, I mean, and this is true for offline as well. Um, online, yeah. Yeah. So, so once you've delivered your service, um, especially on the first time when you, when you've done a great job and the client is excited. So with e-commerce, this will be two days after delivery, um, with a, with a plumber, it's the day after you've installed their brand new sink in their kitchen and it's all good to go. Um, then you drop a video in at that point and you say, Hey, look, you know, again, Matt, Matt's here. Just want to make sure that you're happy with X. Just want to make sure that everything's working fine. Want to double check that it's all good and that you're happy with what happened. Um, you know, if you are, that'd be awesome. And what'd be more awesome is if you could leave me a review on Google reviews or on Trustpilot, because this means a huge amount to my business, really helps me grow and it'll take two minutes of your time and it'll be really appreciated. And does on the video... Bonjour, does Bonjour uh, allow you to include a link to... Exactly. You know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so in the in the video you had the link to your review site. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, great. I, I picked up. I noticed you'd written a LinkedIn article about three years ago, uh, which I loved. It was all about Thank You Thursdays, and uh, past guest Peter Lorimer spoke a lot about being in gratitude as a business owner, and more of us should mm. be in gratitude in terms of thanking people. So, thank you. You had a, you created a hashtag. Thank you. Uh, hashtag Thank You Thursday, and you're encouraging. Uh, everyone to send a number of thank you videos every Thursday or one thank you video every Thursday. Nice idea. Yeah, it's like one. Uh, honestly, just to start with one. Or if not a video, a phone call or an email. I, I think the point here is, is we probably don't thank customers enough and yet they are everything to us because we're going after the next customer. So I think an easy way to get into this and, and to work more with, or more at this, which is retention, which is, which is, which is you know, seven times easier to get another dollar through retention than it is from a new customer. Every Thursday, pick a random customer out of your database and call them, email them, send them a video and just say thanks. Thanks for everything. With no ask, just nothing. Just surprise them and they will be blown away and the response you get will be unprecedented. And that's that's how you make advocates and super fans. They will talk about you. Totally agree. Matt, uh, we started this chat uh, talking about surfing. Uh, uh, do you still surf? I do, but as I have a daughter <laughs> now, I um, she's she's only one years old, so she, she's like, like I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to get her in there, but uh, she can't quite stand yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, and uh, what about your your interior? Uh, what what were you? You were a an industrial designer, an artist. How's that part of life going as well? Has that been put aside? As now you're, a, I think you called yourself a tech and a business owner. Look, I'm a creative at heart. I don't yeah. do my art as much as I would have liked because just like it, it takes a lot of time to get yeah. into. But building a business is creative. If you're an accountant and, and, you're, and you're creative, you're going to do well. I totally agree with that. And I think and more and more people, more and more business owners should recognize that. I mean, creative isn't left to those to, you know, do fancy writing or fancy designs. Or we can be creative in whatever endeavor we choose to, to undertake. Yeah fully support that what's next for bonjour matt uh, so this year quite a lot of product coming out i guess we're looking at version two of the product so mm. expanding the capabilities into other areas like screen recording one of the things i mentioned about is is understanding customer journeys more so so we can tell you the right time to talk to customers that that's where we want to get to um with the product if I, in terms of the team growing the team i think i would think all our hires this year will be overseas which brings its own challenges, but yeah, growing and trying to keep the culture strong as we do that.
which again is 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 hard to do. Awesome. Hey, Matt Barnett, well done, buddy, on creating such a, a, a great brand over a relatively short period of time. And I wish you a huge amount of success in the future. Thanks, Tim. Much appreciated. Well, there you go, team. Bonjouros, Matt Barnett. Now, as I mentioned in my intro, you can give Bonjoro a free test run over at getbonjoro, B-O-N-J-O-R-O, in case you're wondering how it's spelled, .com. And if you buy it, Matt's given me an awesome playbook containing 30 tried and tested ways of using this amazing marketing tool. All you got to do is email proof of purchase to me, tim at timreid.com.au. Coming up, this week's Monster Prize draw winner in the last three years this is amazing, has seen growth of at least 20% in an industry averaging negative 0.5%. But right now, here's what grabbed my attention from that chat with Matt. Attention grabber number one. I love how Matt experiments with a multitude of marketing challenges and has now focused on three that he knows delivers the results he's looking for. I love that. Test, maybe sometimes test and forget, sometimes test and grab it and use it. But the idea of just trying different things until you hone in on those little marketing tactics that actually get you results. I love it. Attention grabber number two. I love the question Matt posed about how do you treat a new customer? It's a very, very good question to ask. And again, Bonjuro is a great way of helping treat a new customer, giving them a bit of a wow as they enter your business. And there's some great ideas in the playbook uh, about that. Getbonjuro.com. Attention grabber number three. Uh, I love how the marketing team at Bonjuro spend time carving out long form content like eBooks once or twice a year. And that playbook that I'm talking about that you can get when you buy Bonjoro uh, is a great example of that. Well, that's what grabbed my attention. Whatever grabbed yours, be sure to block out some time and go and implement it. Come on down. It's Timbo's Monster Prize Draw. Yep. You know what that means. It's time for the Monster Prize Draw, a time to reward another motivated listener for taking some serious marketing action because that, my friends, is where the magic is. And today's winner, I love what this guy's done. Today's winner is... Adam Roger of thrivepharmacies.com.au. G'day, Timbo. Thanks for your awesome podcast. My pleasure. It keeps me on my toes and pushes me to be smarter in my marketing. That's why I do it. I own and run a small company of pharmacies run as part of a national franchise. And he says, here's what I've done as a result of listening to your show. Number one, thanks to the Josh Nichols interview, how often does that come up? I've now implemented a customer experience that I review each quarter with my staff. I drive them crazy, but they love it. I've also, thanks to the Jonathan Baruch episode, implemented a mystery shopper program. Well done. We also focus on being the most helpful in our industry. Get this, probably the best way this has worked was when I approached several retirement villages. Remember, this is guy. This guy owns a pharmacy around our stores to give a talk on a certain topic, focused on what the audience wanted to know about and not what I wanted to tell them. Big lesson there already. This is counterintuitive, as my instinct was to tell them how awesome we were 
and why we were better than the opposition. No one cares how awesome you are. Adam, you know that. What's that great saying? Uh, tell me a joke, don't tell me you're funny. Adam goes on to say, we, predict- we predictably get a rush in store the fortnight after the talks with requests for the products I mentioned leading to ongoing sales. No surprises there. More than that, it has built a sense of trust with them as they think we know what we're talking about. <laughs> you probably do, Adam, I'm guessing. So what have the results been? We have had year-on-year revenue growth in the last three years of at least 20% in an industry averaging negative 0.5%. This result is with no marketing other than our catalogue and the ideas that I've implemented from your show. We do next to nothing on social media or online. More than that, it adds purpose to my team's roles. Thanks again for all your help over the years, Timbo. Keep up the great work. Regards, Adam Roger. He's got some pretty fancy initials and letters after his name. B Farm MBA. Wow. Smarter than me. Uh, of thrivepharmacies.com.au. Adam, well done, mate. I loved reading your email and uh, it's pretty impressive stuff. Uh, you have won a Bonjoro license. <laughs> nice. $75 floor and fauna voucher, a Sendal voucher, a Lumberpunks voucher, a box of some boxing gloves from Fitness Enhancement, a full range of Liars non alcoholic spirits. That's valued at over 500 bucks. Some Mr. Lee's Noodles, Jeff Anderson's video marketing course, a $100 voucher to buy some tradies undies. You've got promotion on this show, a backlink in the show notes. You, my friend, are a winner. To everyone else, listen, you just got to enter the monster prize draw. I want to hear ideas that you're implementing as a result of listening to this show. So email me, tim at timreid, reid.com.au. Share just one idea. If I read it out on air, you win. Before we wrap things up, just a reminder that you'll find plenty more episodes on the Podcast One Australia app, plus my entire archive full of ideas to grow your business is over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. If you're getting value from listening, please don't keep it a secret. Be sure to let other business owners know about it. They'll thank you, and so will I. Next episode, we catch up with Jamie Mustard, who's the author of a pretty good new book I've just read called The Iconist, in which he details the secret to having your marketing message stand out in whatever crowded marketplace you happen to operate in. This podcast was presented by me, Timbo Reed, produced by Matt Dwyer. Until next week, thanks for tuning in. Now get out there and take action. <laughs>